When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Come up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Rolling into the 9 o'clock hour. That's the Black Pumas. That new album is out as of Friday. Hopefully you downloaded that and been listening to uh, the newest from the Black Pumas, one of Austin's best local bands. We try to feature local music on the top of each hour. And then in and around it, Ty plays all kinds of fun stuff. We had supergroup talk. and Gosh, the supergroups. You people hit a nerve with the supergroups, Rod. Why? Because people are all weighing in on their favorite supergroups. I think because people, that's what people miss it. That's what he said. He started the conversation saying they need to bring back more supergroups. Yeah, like, man. Why don't these artists want to team up together and form these, like, these, like the Avengers of whatever musical genre, the Avengers of rock and roll, the Avengers of R&B. It'd be great. I want supergroups. That's why the superhero movies these days are so popular because they just combine, like, like four or five superheroes. Put in them one all movie. together, yeah. Yeah, they put them all together. Do the same thing in music. Put them all together. And they used to do it a lot, and uh, it's not as common, I don't think. Somebody yeah, mentioned man. the Silk Sonic collaboration. Uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. That was a supergroup back in the 70s, Rod. You, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, those were... I'll take that. I mean, when Neil Young joined it, uh, that became a supergroup, without a doubt, with Graham Nash and Stephen Stills and Stephen Crosby. Uh, some of the great harmonies of all time. Yeah, man. Dolly Parton, Emmylou Harris, Linda Rodstad made several albums Ooh, together. There you go. That's what I'm See? talking about. That's what I'm saying. We, the more and more, but these are, you know, these are groups that happened, what, 10, 20 years ago. Yeah, Raconteurs. That's Jack. Uh, Raconteurs is a band that features Jack White and uh, the Jack. I think there's also the Them Cro- Crooked Vultures. A lot of it in rock. Uh, but, mm-hmm. yeah, we appreciate you guys weighing in with those. Also, we're talking uh, Longhorns, 35-6 to six over BYU, up to number six in the coaches' poll. Stay at seven in the uh, AP poll because mm-hmm. Oregon, because oh, yeah. for the last several Mondays we've come in here saying Texas the highest-ranked one-loss team. They're, that's now not the case. Oregon ranked a spot higher because they, they went on the road. That was impressive for Dan Lanning to take his team into Utah. I know Cam Rising's still not playing, but they just beat Utah, Rod, and Kyle Whittingham, the defending Big 12, uh, Pac-12 champs, but they – they beat him pretty good. Oh, by the way, Lincoln Riley's team gave up 49 points and won 50 to 49. It's crazy. That you're about a flawed football team. They, it's, What's going to happen when they play Oregon? I don't understand how they're getting worse on defense as the season goes on. <laughs> they're not improving on defense at all. They're just getting worse defensively. At this point, Lincoln Riley's almost a, a caricature. Of, I mean, people, people mock him for not caring about defense. And I've got to tell you, he's doing nothing. To change that narrative, no, nothing at all. It keeps it keeps sticking with Alex Grinch, and they do the same things. And when they play, because Oregon, I think, along with Michigan, and we'll find out more. We told you about this Michigan situation with oh, yeah. Jim Harbaugh. They've rescinded a contract extension they were about to sign him to, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal. He was about to ink a deal that was going to make him the highest mm. coach, highest paid coach in the Big Ten, and one of the wow. highest paid coaches in the country. That's now off the table. Uh, he's still under contract, but this was going to be an extension to his current deal. Uh, this investigation is ongoing. Michigan is back playing this week, so there's going to be a Jim Harbaugh news conference, you know, game week news conference, those kind of things, and we'll see where this thing goes with the Big Ten, with Michigan. Obviously, the NCAA is investigating. 
But they're the best team in the country right now by they every metric. Like yeah. Uh, they're so dominating. But how much of that is being helped by that scheme? We'll find out. Same time, they are talented. They're really good. Um, I, but I think the point of that is Georgia's good. Georgia winning at beating Florida in the, in the cocktail party is decisively, even without Brock Bowers, is impressive. Ohio State, uh, that, you know, when Ty and I made our picks on Friday, I went 3-2. and two. Ty went 3-1 in a push. But one of my picks was Wisconsin. I was getting 14.5 points, and they covered by that old hook, Rod. The hook. Yeah, I won it, that one, yeah, man. Give me that. <laughs> uh, but Ohio State's still really good. Their defense is – Jim Knowles has that defense playing in the championship caliber. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's one of the best DCs in the country. And they'll play years. this month of November where we'll see Penn State play Michigan, Ohio State play Michigan. Because right now, as I mentioned, Jeff Sagarin has well, uh, the Sagarin ratings, the power ratings uh, is part of the you know what the committee uses. The committee will have their first uh, Final Four you know championship rankings coming out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but Sagarin has number one Michigan, number two Ohio State which is wow. pretty interesting. Number three is Georgia. According to Sagan, number four is Alabama. Even though Texas beat them, but uh, for both Texas and Oklahoma, then Alabama have a loss, obviously. And Oklahoma losing hurts Texas as far as their loss goes now. Yeah, that uh, Alabama's defense looks much better uh, than they look versus Texas. I don't say Texas has a great offensive weaponry, so they can expose a lot of different areas where some teams couldn't. Uh, but that defense looks a lot better. The, D- the DBs. Um, are playing with a lot more confidence for Alabama. Well, they just they, they look like they were out of sorts versus Texas. Well, and I do know when we were leading up to that game, really all summer, we said over and over again that it, it, it's fortunate for Texas to be playing that team week two, not week ten. Yes, and, um, it's, and it's unfortunate you're playing K-State in week ten. Not week two. <laughs> not week two, yeah, exactly. Because we, we, we agree, right, K-State earlier this year. Looked like a mess. Oh, man. Lost in Stillwater. They lost to Missouri. Yep. Both those games were close games. Will Howard had a meltdown in one of those games. I forgot which one where he threw. Three, it was Oklahoma two, State. Two Oklahoma State. Yeah, it was in Stillwater. You're right. Was in, that was it. Yeah, it was in Stillwater. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and, of course, Stillwater is where they'll play Oklahoma this weekend, which will be a lot of fun. But, so, yeah, but Oregon, I think, might be, if you look at offensive metrics versus defensive metrics, they might be the most complete team that's not named Michigan right now, what they yeah. do on both sides of the ball, because they can beat you I in both ways. Yeah. And I think Texas is kind of in that. They can beat you with their offense. They can beat you with their defense. They can beat you with special teams. And they just can't figure out this dang red zone thing. The red zone. I got to say, it is, like I said, Texas is basically like an idiot savant where, <laughs> you know what I mean, they, they are elite in so many different areas offensively, and yet in this one key, this one key area, this one key part of the game, they, they're, they're not just average or below average. They're one of the worst in the country. They're yeah. 120th. And like, they're, that's unexplainable. That's inexplicable. Well, you think about what their scoring offense would look like nationally if they were scoring touchdowns here. I mean, they would they'd be, be the best team in the country. Yeah, they would they, be. They'd be far and away by. They'd be far and away the best team in the country right now. They'd be number one in my opinion. Agreed. They would be. And they, that's what we talk about. Their off, their defense. Yeah. And the secondary has some issues. They would really, beat Oklahoma. Yeah, I agree. One hundred percent right about Oklahoma. that. Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. Well said. All right. Speaking of beating Oklahoma, the Longhorns didn't do it. They but they they may get a chance to do it uh, coming up in Arlington. We'll see. Both teams now have a loss. Texas a part of a five way tie for first place in the Big Twelve, headed into the final month of the season. Drama. Five teams at four and one. But let me hear Sark, and then we'll go into Rod's rant. This is Sark. I think it was the last question of his press conference after the game. It was Anwar Richardson over at OrangeBlood.com who asked about one of our conversations of last week, Rod, about Malik still being here. Like in this day and age of college football, how likely is it that a quarterback would sit through Quinn Ewer's commitment, Arch Manning's commitment, being the backup after the spring game he played? Here's Sark uh, kind of laying that all out and how proud he is to have Malik and why Malik is still playing at Texas. 
Man, I, I'm, I'm so fired up you asked me that. Um, because I, I, to me, in this era of, you know, things don't go my way, I'm going to take my ball and go somewhere else. Um, to have players on your roster that believe in this team, that believe in this football program, that believe in this university, that love being here, um, that that's, I think, ultimately why the culture is the way it is in our locker room. Um, and so for Malik Murphy to commit to the University of Texas and then Quinn Ewers decide to transfer to Texas and he doesn't blink. He still comes here and he's fighting through an injury his freshman year that he had sustained in the state championship game and Arch Manning commits and shows up and two number one players in the country back to back show up and goes out and has a really good spring game and people go out and allegedly are trying to recruit him to transfer. And I, and I know this and I'm, I'm going to be candid on this. He didn't stay because of NIL. I had my exit meeting. He didn't bring up one thing about NIL. He stayed because he wanted to be part of this team and he just wanted to make sure that he had an opportunity to compete. And that's what makes him special. And I think that's why our team really loves him so much is that he loves his teammates. He's a great teammate. Um, he motivates Quinn when Quinn's in there. He's, he's a great teammate with Arch. That's why that quarterback room is so good right now. Those guys have great rapport with one another. And so it was not about Malik making his start as much as, okay, Malik's starting. How are we going to go win the game? Like that was our team's mentality. And so in the end, I don't, I don't think it's just Malik Murphy. I think we have a lot of guys like that, that um, – they recognize the opportunities that they have here. They recognize the team and the culture that we have here. And inevitably, what can they do to help us try to go win a championship? And today, Malik got his opportunity to go play and, you know, again, showed the resiliency and perseverance that I think our team has, the way he responded to a couple of those turnovers. And uh, I just I couldn't be happier for him. Rod's Rant of the Day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. Um, yeah, I want to kind of piggyback on that sound and audio that Ty just played for us that you brought up, E. Um, it, it does show you, and I'm actually working on um, what Raj ran about this for later on this week, actually. Just wonder if we're going to have time to fit it in because there will be a ton of purple kryptonite conversation about K-Stakes in such a big game. But he talked about this last week, the culture. Uh, of his program and how he, he really is excited about the culture and how it's led to them being able to win games. It's actually translated on the field when you can keep guys around. And he said it's not because of NIL, but shout out to the BMDs. They they at least made sure that, you know, he could be uh, – he could benefit from NIL. I don't know if that's, you know, one of the main reasons that he stayed in that. I don't think it was. I think there were other reasons. He could have got that bag elsewhere. Yeah, there aren't a lot of backup quarterbacks making money. Exactly, right? He could have gotten that bag or whatever right. he got at Texas elsewhere. Um, I just think, you know, he really wanted to compete here at Texas. But also I think the culture is really good. Guys enjoy playing for Sark. They enjoy playing on this team. Of course they enjoy, you know, the city <laughs> and the university. Uh, but whether they enjoy playing on this team, remember – this, well, not too long ago, he, well, we're talking about guys who didn't enjoy playing on this team, right? guys who were telling recruits not to come here. He's saying, where you want to be? 
Right? That was not too long ago. And, you know, Sark has really not only uh, turned over the roster with his guys. These are his guys, right? We talked earlier this season, this offseason, about this team talks like his team would talk. They play like his team would play. You know, they, they have that uh, the, the personality and they have the disposition of the, his type of team, a bounce back factor, the way they rebound. Um, so this is a Sark team. Um, and, and remember, that's why I said, and also he said, this is, this is a, as, as close as you're going to get to a Sark team. Built it, uh, you know, from the ground up, coaches, players, culture, everything. And what we are ready to find out as Longhorn fans is, is a Sark team, a championship team. Right? He said this is a Sark team. It looks like his team. It talks like his team. Plays like his team. Runs like his team. Um, is a Sark team a championship coach team? That's what we'll find out this season. They certainly look like it right now. So I love that about the culture, and you you can tell that from a lot of different factors that the Texas culture is really good. Um, and I'll give them a lot of credit. That's why the football character of the team is really good. But let's get to a couple of uh, notes here that I – that I brought up earlier in the show, but just off my second rewatch of the Texas BYU, you know, I think I went, I'm going to watch it one more time because I want to look at some, uh, some, some D-line, O-line play. I want to look at the red zone. So I'm probably going to watch it one more time. But one thing I did notice uh, that Sark brought up the pony package. Uh, I said last week that Sark's going to play more 21 personnel, and I think he will, but he also brought up the 31 personnel, which I really appreciated. Uh, he pre-used this uh, package last season versus Alabama, um, and it was really, really effective versus Alabama. Usually teams are going to counter, when you come out with three running backs on the field, 31 personnel, three backs, one tight end, they're going to counter with putting you know, uh, their 40 personnel, more linebackers, more run defenders on the field, and that's when Sark usually attacks the edge or actually passes out of those heavier personnel packages. Uh, you would have that 24-yard run that K- uh, Keelan Robinson had that he brought up early in the show. Out of that 31 personnel package, uh, there was another uh, uh, pass, a six-yard reception out of it. So you only ran it twice, but you can already see the, the potential of that package. And it's interesting, last season, of course, Texas ran a lot of what they call pony package. Pony package is two backs, 21 personnel usually, or multi-back sets, but tailbacks, multiple tailbacks, not a fullback in the backfield. And Texas has a, an embarrassment of riches, really, right now at tailback. They had it last year. They have it again, and I wonder if Sark now will start. You'll start seeing more twenty-one personnel since uh, since CJ Baxter's playing so much better, and Jonathan Brooks is playing really, really well. He's uh, right now considered the top running back off the board. If you know the draft, if the if obviously the draft was something that he would consider right now, Pro Football Focus has him as the top running back off the board. But I just think it's interesting that. Sark last season, I, we know why he was using the pony package because you had the best running back room in the country with Rojo and Bijan. With the ascent of John, Jonathan Brooks, I think now he's reconsidering using more 21 personnel, the pony package, because he didn't know Jonathan Brooks was going to be, be this good. Nobody did. And now with C.J. Baxter healthy, and now you want K-Rob uh, out there, Keely Robinson out there more, and then you also throw in Savion Red, who was in the 31 personnel package along with C.J. Baxter <clears throat> in that package, and Keelan Robinson. This might be something that you see more of, and it might not be more most. Uh, it might be, it might not be as much of a gimmick as it has been this season. Last season, it was not. It was part of your the DNA. It was part of the identity of your offense because you had two NFL running backs in the backfield. Well, now you still actually may have two NFL running backs back there, just with Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter. And by the way, your twenty-one personnel pony package 
or, you know, maybe you now throw in the 31 personnel. But anytime you're using multiple tailbacks on the field at the same time, not considering the red cap, that's different package, in my opinion, altogether. That's a, a personnel package and a formation all at once. So that's a, aside from the red cap, when you have multiple backs on the field, every year that I've been looking at the, the, the 21 personnel pony package, multiple back sets pony package, it, 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 it's the highest um, explosive play rate personnel package. It has the highest yards per attempt out of all your personnel groupings. It usually has the highest completion percentage out of all your personnel groupings and the highest yards per play out of all your personnel groupings. And, guys, this tracks all the way back to 2021. That wow. is, that's a, now, I know a lot of that was Bijan and Rojo, but it's still tracking now that I'm keeping up with it. Still, right now, your highest yards per play, some of your highest yards per attempt, and your highest explosive play rates are coming out of these pony packs. So I think Sark needs to consider it. Maybe well, especially a bit with more. the backup quarterback, right? I mean, yes. use your best players, and it's it's you know we weren't sure, but it is still a you know not as talented as last year, but still a really talented backfield. Because I do think Keelan Robinson's playing his best football as a Longhorn. He's gotten stronger. Uh, he's running through tackles now. The balance that I see from Keelan is outstanding. And you mentioned Jonathan Brooks, how good he's been. And, and C.J. Baxter getting better. Yep. And Savion Red. Uh, and, yeah, I, I agree. I think they're – especially against that three-high defense where you want to be able to run the football, yep. in, you know, 6-0 line package, things like that, uh, with a backup quarterback, uh, I think that could become something you see. This could be used a lot in this game. Uh, as for the red zone, somebody texted us, Rod, of course, and says that the, the red zone issues are not rocket science. Um, Sark is predictable down there. Well, look, I'm looking right at this, Rod. Because, look, the first time they got there was the end of the third quarter. And Texas went for it on third and one, and they went to the Red Cat, and it was about, at about the 11-yard line. Mm-hmm. And the Red Cat got him like four yards. Yep, and yep. all of a sudden, they were first down. So Sark ran it again yep. with tempo, and they got it down to the two-yard line. And then they ran it again. And it got stopped. They lost a yard. That's when they got put Malik back out at shotgun, and they threw the ball on third down out to the pylon. I thought Malik was late with the throw a little bit, and it got knocked away. It was a Donnie Mitchell uh, on a little out route. If he throws it on time, I think it might have been a touchdown. Then the play I mentioned earlier where it was a play action with some motion fake, and they got the ball to JT, JT Sanders on his own, headed to the right side out by the pylon, and all he needed was Jordan Whittington to, keep, to finish his block on the receiver or the DB, and he would have walked into the end zone or at least crossed the pylon uh, for the very one of the very few times Jordan Whittington got beat by the block, uh, got beat by the DB, and he got through Jordan, and he tackled JT Sanders. A hell of an individual play by the DB for, for them. Well, then they come back down, Rod. Remember, they get the stop, and they get the ball back. Then they get down to the 10, and it's first and goal at the 10. It's another one of these high red zone areas, right, where you're not on the goal line. And in that case, Malik, they threw on first down um, to, to Javion Sanders, was broken up. Then you handed it to C.J. Baxter that got a one-yard loss, so now you're back to, third, to goal at the 12. Uh, then you ran, but then they did a play where uh, Malik Murphy threw a pass to Jonathan Brooks. Remember when he got to the outside and he got ruled out of bounds and he got all the way down to the two-yard line? Yep. His foot was on the line. It was a 10-yard. It looked like a touchdown in real time. Then they went for it again, and that's when they handed it to Jonathan Brooks to the left side, and Malik Ogbo and the left side of the line got collapsed. And that was the that was the the latest stop. That's where once once they came back and ruled it was he was out of bounds. I thought they should have cooked the field goal right there. Uh, just kick it. They didn't. They tried to show it again. Tried to prove it again. Rod, oh, yeah. we can muscle you in. And they and I think Sark's thinking, okay, I have Malik Ogbogbo. I got Kelvin Banks. I've got Hayden Connor. I can muscle these guys up. We tried to go to the right side before, but just like you told us when Oklahoma, 
wherever Byron Murphy went was where they were going. Yeah. That's where you could become predictable. Mm -hmm. You might want to let Byron Murphy go somewhere and run the other way, right? Do a little split just because everyone's going to attack the Byron Murphy thing. And you said as a defender yourself, when you're taught to come off the hip of that big dude, Mm -hmm. he can only block one guy. Right off his butt. And wherever he's going to be, that's the hole. Yep. And that's exactly what they did. So it's kind of a giveaway where Byron Murphy's going. But as you said earlier, Sark would like to be able to just say, no, I don't care if you know it's coming. You still can't stop it. Yeah, I got, I got, I got bigger humans than you. Yeah. What's the point of having bigger humans if you cannot push the opposing team around and you can't, you know, uh, reset the line of scrimmage? And Texas can't do that. And I, you know, I think it's eight touchdowns they've scored on offense in the last two games, and you know, four of them have come in that Big Twelve package, the six O line package. And, and I've been saying for a while, I think. You know, and this is before my deep dive analytical uh, research I'm about to do about the red zone. But just me hypothesizing, I think the 6-0 line package gives him the best of both worlds. Sark is confused, and he's a little bit indecisive about whether he wants to play bully ball down there or whether he wants to use his creative, innovative genius down there to confuse uh, defenses with all of his cheat codes and force multipliers, right? Um, and that's usually what he does, but he wants you know, to play bully ball and, and use his big humans down there too. And I, just, I don't think he, he, he is settled on an identity in the red zone just yet. That's why he keeps kind of throwing blank at the wall and seeing if it sticks. I think if he wants to play bully ball and he also wants the the element of being able to use some of his in, you know his tools and innovative cheat codes down there and also some of his weapons like X-Man, JT Sanders, A.D. Mitchell, the 6-0 line package gives you the best chance to do both. If the defense ignores your, you know, your weapons on the outside and plays man-to-man, which they'll do, Defenses tend to play a lot of zero coverage down uh, deep in the red zone. Why not? Because you have less field to, de- to defend. They play zero coverage, then great. It's exactly what you wanted. You got zero coverage with A.D. Mitchell, J.T. Sanders, uh, Adonai Mitchell. If they decide to play some type of zone or they're bracketing more down there and things get a little bit you know, uh, con- convoluted for the read for the quarterback, that's also pretty good. That means you're probably winning the numbers advantage in the box. And when you've got six O-linemen out there, you essentially got close to 2,000 pounds. Um, before you even add the uh, tight end, Gunnar Helm or JT Sanders, to that line, you got about 2,000 pounds of mass there that they have to stop. I think that's the best way to do it because when you go too compressed and too condensed with your formation, it actually helps the defense down the red zone. Usually Sark goes condensed, compressed formations because he wants to bring the defensive backs in on the uh, run defense, make them run defenders because DBs hate to tackle, and he wants to use his wide receivers to help block in the run game, give him extra added blockers in the run game. And that's great. That's why he's top 10 in the country in most uh, condensed, reduced formations, right, in terms of their, their width of the formation. But when you get down the red zone, you actually want to create more space and I think he actually shrinks the field a little bit at times, helps the defense when he has that condensed, compressed set. I think the 6 line package allows you to spread things out but still keep that mass advantage, the numbers advantage in sight. That's why of your last eight touchdowns, four of them have come in the Big 12 package, three of them, three of those four touchdowns in the red zone. You've got eight offensive touchdowns the last two games, four in the Big 12 package, three of those four in the red zone. I think that's the trend you're going toward. I'd also suggest this while we're being creative. Uh, how about Savion Red and spread the field and let him pick a, pick a gap? Uh, you could do that. Put, put him at quarterback in the shotgun and spread it out. Go empty. Uh, make them, you know, you know, force their hand to go spread. And then Savion Red has shown the ability to get low and find a crease. Now you're not condensing it. You're letting him 
pick a hole. Yeah. Or he could throw. I mean, he is a quarterback coming he out of high throw. school. I'd say what James would do, though, with that, they'd probably just play heavy inside leverage because I doubt he's going to throw a beautiful fade ball. Right. <laughs> right? Or a beautiful out route. That's a good point. So they'd probably go heavy inside leverage and then just get ready to attack because he's probably going to try to get off the edge. So it, I, I agree with that. It could work, but it, it, it would get solved pretty quickly. Like, it wouldn't be. But it's only got to work once or twice against K-State. Totally Break agree. it out. Break totally it out to your point. Totally All right. Agree. This is a big game here. It might be one of the games of the year in the Big 12. It's the Saturday of the year in the Big 12 we're already looking forward to. We'll come back. Good stuff right there in Rod's rant as usual. I like the pony package, like multiple backs here. Uh, very talented team. They should be scoring more touchdowns than yes, they sir. are. That's the uh, mystery. Yep. For the end of the hour, we'll play a little who said that. Uh, also, uh, fabulous fifth hour to come. But we are just uh, rolling along on a good, bad, and ugly Monday on Hogan. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook em up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Longhorns up to number six in the coaches poll. Seven in the AP still. Tomorrow evening is when the first college football playoff rankings will be out. We'll see where the Longhorns stand among the committee and the uh, folks there that will help, who will pick the 14 playoff teams. Uh, coming up in December. Also, Rod, it's uh, well, it's a busy couple-day stretch. We mentioned this is the sports equinox oh, yeah. today, North American sports equinox. With all, you got a full slate of NHL and NBA and the World Series and the NFL with Monday Night Football tonight. Sportsgasm, man. Pretty good, pretty mm-hmm. good, to say the least. Uh, that, that'll roll right into tomorrow's trade deadline. So tomorrow's Halloween and the trade deadline at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon and the final, the first college football playoff rankings, which mm-hmm. – Everybody will freak out about. I haven't done the yeah. show with you when this happens, Rod. Everybody freaks out, and it's like, y'all, the only ones that matter are the last ones. It's a, it's like a, I always say it's a puzzle, right? And the first one is just you got the edges. You got the, the border. Oh, yeah. And so by the time the games are all played, we get to where you fill in the whole puzzle. Uh, but people freak out. And go, I don't know what this looks like because we're behind this and we're behind this. And it's like it almost always works out. It really does. It now, does. last it year is. got crazy because – Apparently Michigan was giving signs to teams to beat Tennessee and Clemson to knock them off, uh, allegedly. And uh, well, nobody the, saw TCU getting in, especially after they lost the Big Twelve title game. Yeah, and then that was a little well. So yeah, it can you can write they can be throwing a, a curveball at the last minute there. But if Texas takes care of business, Texas shouldn't get any surprises. Well, and I do think within that committee, the fact that Alabama keeps winning is going to help Texas. That helps Texas too. Yeah, uh, totally that agree. that is still. I mean, you could argue that's still the best win any team has in the country this year. If Bama keeps winning, yeah. Yeah. If Bama keeps uh, winning. And it depends on how, how good Oregon is. See, Oregon keeps winning right now. Washington, that's that's a that's a that's a hell of a win. Yeah, the two yeah, wa- Oregon's win. win at Washington. Washington's win Washington over win, win over Oregon, but that was yeah. in Washington. Yeah. Texas winning in Tuscaloosa is still arguably the biggest win any team has had this year. Now, and the fact that they lost Oklahoma in a rivalry game where it was, you know, last seconds, mm-hmm. and those are that's that's a pretty good resume for Texas. Resume. And now they get to play another ranked team this week, Rod. This will be a, you know we weren't sure if the Longhorns were going to get to play another ranked team. Well, here we go. Um, you know, I think this, we all thought K State would get back in there. They yeah. would they had a chance, yeah. and uh, boy, the 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 addition of Avery Johnson, not the former Spur, but the quarterback. Has helped, but he are, he didn't play much this week against Houston. They beat Houston forty-one nothing, and it almost didn't have to try it. No, what like. he does is he provides you with insurance policy behind Will Howard because yes. Will Howard has a dual personality. Sometimes he's Will the thrill, sometimes he's Will spill the pill, 
And when he's will spill the pill, then you can balance out his high-risk behavior uh, with Avery Johnson because you just want to run. And by the way, they're running the football now probably close to 65 to 70% of the time. So they're running the ball a lot more than they were before, but they're running it with a lot of the quarterback run game. So I think also it's pushed Will Howard to focus a little bit more. Right to uh to really crystallize his focus and make better decisions with the football. But in case he is having a bad or an off game, they got this young kid Avery Johnson, and they can go with him. He can be high risk, high reward too. But he is a bigger, he has a higher upside than Will Howard does. Yeah, you know, he's a big time high, you know, higher high, upside. Does. Mr. Yeah. Kansas football back in his yeah. coming out of high school. He's the future for he K State football. Yeah, he is the future. So we'll learn more about K State this week, and obviously the next two days will uh, provide a lot. I do think there's going to be a. You know, I, want to, I don't know if I use the word flurry of activity for before the trade deadline, but I think there'll be quite a few deals done in the NFL between now and 3 o'clock tomorrow. I really do. Um, you know, there were reportings over the weekend that there were three teams calling about Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. and one of them was the Cowboys. Yep. The Browns were a part of that, too, with the injury to Nick Chubb, that maybe they're looking at Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry ran, ran for 100 yards yesterday in their win. Um, but now Will Levis is on the scene. They're 3-4 and four and right in the mix. Now Jacksonville's pulling away in that, that division, as we expected them to, at 6-2 and two now. But um, we'll see. There's also people that still think Saquon Barkley could be dealt from the Giants because they lost again yesterday, and Saquon's on that franchise tag deal. Yeah. And would Why be would cheap. you get something for him? If right. You no, know you're going to give him up anyway. I know. Free agency. Well, that's what I mentioned with Washington with those two young pass rushers, right? That's a premier position right now. Chase Young and Montez Sweat are both one of them. The word out of D.C. is one of those guys will get traded because they realize, and then whichever one they don't trade, they'll focus on signing the other one. They just know they can't sign both of them this offseason because yeah. they're both due a new deal. So get something for them now, re-sign the other, and see, you know, kind of play which one has the most interest and then gauge what you can – because, look, the new owner there with the Washington team is ready to, to rebuild. I mean, they're ready yep. to – Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. To, to, you know, be, what, what is the, the, the quote I read? Become a functional, sustaining organization, which it wasn't under Daniel Snyder. Stabilize. Stabilize it. some things. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that should be watched. And could, the Cowboys could be involved. I mean, I think after their performance, I know Jerry Jones has said, we feel good about our roster, we feel good about our team. But at the same time, if someone calls you and you can make your team even better. Gotta take, you got to take that opportunity. I do. Jerry Jones. And I think Jerry Jones, I think a lot of that, him saying, and I'm not saying that he was just making it up, but I think a lot of that was posturing. He said something very similar last season. And remember last season, he was trying to get Brandon Cooks. Yeah, he was. For that trade deadline. They, did, they couldn't work it out because the Texans didn't want to pay the enough money. for the salary. Well, that's the thing with the, with the Derrick Henry thing is uh, um, the, 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 the teams that are talking to, to the Tennessee Titans about Derrick Henry want them to eat a bunch of that contract. Exactly. He's still, yeah. it's, it's only like $7 million, but it's still $7 million. Um, all right, so this says, uh, LOL, Washington should have went after Lamar Jackson in the offseason. I've said that a lot. I think Washington – I think if Washington had had a – if the ownership thing was not playing out in real time and the Daniel Snyder deal, that, that they may have been more active. But in the end, Baltimore – I mean, the 6-2 and two teams now in the NFC, AFC rod, not surprising, right? Miami's moved to 6-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville's moved to 6-2. and two. Mm-hmm. 
Baltimore's moved to six and two. Kansas City's fallen back to six and two because somehow they lost to the Broncos for the first time in eight years yesterday. And so those are your four division leaders. Your next prime contenders, Cincinnati, got a huge win at San Francisco yesterday. Joe Burrow looks healthy. Uh, Cleveland was Cleveland's pretty pretty bent out of shape. They lost that game yesterday. They had that game covered late, and then a, a late turnover forced by Jamal Adams led to a Geno Smith touchdown pass to Jackson Smith and Jig with like 30 seconds to go, and they won that 24 to 20. So Seattle now in first place yep. in the NFC West ahead of the Niners run. That's impressive. Ahead of the really Niners is. for Geno. Yep. And then, but over in the AFC, you're you're you know you've got the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals are in the mix. Nobody really, because Houston and Tennessee are three and four. I mean, those that's really it in the AFC that are really contending. Uh, except you got to put the Jets in there because they're now four and three. Oh, I don't know how, but you got to get Robert, Robert Sala's doing a hell of a job. Robert Sala's doing a great job coaching up the defense and say what you want. You got to give Nathaniel Hackett some credit too because Zach Wilson's improving. He's hey, getting Rod. better. He's not. He's not a sieve. He's not a liability. So our, our 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 nation's largest city is New York. It's the media capital of the world. Yesterday, the two teams that play in that same stadium played a game in which there were 23 points scored, mm. including overtime, and 24 punts kicked. That's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. It really is. That's ugly, man. So on our biggest That's city, ugly. the two teams combined for wow. – and I know, I mean, gosh, Ty, I, Ty, I don't know if you're watching this game, but the Giants were down to their third-string quarterback. That's ugly. Tommy DeVito. Because Tyrod Taylor got – yeah, Tony DeVito. What's his name? Yeah, I think De- Danny Tom- DeVito. Tommy DeVito, I think. <laughs> Danny DeVito's kid. Um, <laughs> I didn't they see wouldn't somebody, let it throw, Rod. Somebody did bet on uh, – I, I saw, like, Bleacher Report bets or something on Instagram. They had, there was a ticket that was placed for any time Tommy DeVito touchdown. So, rushing touchdown. And it oh did my catch. Gosh. They, w- they wouldn't <laughs> let him throw, Rod. They wouldn't let him throw. It was just handoff to Saquon, handoff to Saquon, handoff to Saquon. Um, they wouldn't let him throw the football. Why is he out there? Like, I don't know. Why do you have him on your roster? You can't. You got to get somebody else. Well, go, the go. other the other thing it was rainy and windy, and uh, I think both coaches were trying to prevent a turnover that would have led to a touchdown because oh, that was going to decide the game. So it was ridiculously bad football. Um, but that's what you got. But the Jets are an over five hundred team now. Uh, in that, in I really there. can't believe that. Actually, yeah, that's <laughs> like I said. That's a give that coaching staff a lot of credit. And the defense, a lot of credit, too. Yeah. Hey, uh, all right, so we got some NFL trade deadline tomorrow. Cowboys, as we said earlier in Bullish or BS, looked as, looked better than any team in the league yesterday. It's a week-to-week league, but they were – Giving it to CeeDee Lamb. And, and their defense was good. Their offense was good. Dak was sharp. Uh, special teams was great. I mean, they were awesome yesterday coming out of their bye week. Hey, we come back. It's Who Said That, Rod, Who on a Monday. That? Fun audio from the weekend. We'll hit that. Also uh, into our fabulous fifth hour on Hook'em Up. Oh, man, it is. Uh, who said that, Rod, from a weekend that was full who of. Who said uh, that? Gosh, we had a walk-off home run in the World Series for the first time since Kirk Gibson on Friday night with Adolis El Bombe Garcia. And the Diamondbacks got game two. We had some great football over the weekend. Victor Wimbanyama had his best stretch. They beat the Rockets on Saturday. Or was that Friday where he had 21 points? But uh, So a lot of good stuff. But this was part of the sad, Rod. Who said this to start our Who Said That segment? We play audio for one another. Try to guess who it is. How would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered as somebody who uh, lived well, loved well, um, was a seeker, um, and his paramount thing is that he wants to help people. That's, that's what I want. 
There you go. Sounds like Matthew Perry. Yep. Yeah. And now, now words that uh, that is how he hopes to be remembered. And there you go. That's what he wanted to be remembered for. And now that he's passed away tragically at the age of 54. Yeah, that is sad. I think he, um, I mean, I think people learning his story. Uh, he wrote the book about his struggles with addiction. And he was very open about his struggles with addiction. That, you know, un- unfortunately, um, he's passed away now, but people learning that story is probably what's going to help people. Hopefully. Hopefully, to, because to a lot of fans, I mean, I know. Yeah, help when they need it. It's why my wife's probably favorite all-time sitcom. She still watches the reruns on whatever channel the reruns come on. My daughter, who's 21 now, has gone back and on, on, has watched all of them. Like, she's watched every episode I've, of every I've friend. I've seen every Friends episode. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, I actually own, I think I own a lot of the DVDs, if not most of the seasons of Friends. I've seen yeah. a good number. I've not seen all of them, though. I've seen all of the seasons of Friends, pretty much. I yeah. never really got, into it. Can... really got into it. You're too old. You're right in the middle of, the, of when it was, but yeah. my daughter got into it through my wife. Yeah, uh, because of all the reruns, though, almost any generation could jump into it because they still they replay it, like you said, all the damn yeah, time. Like seen all, did they all end up sleeping with one another? Did that happen? Not all of them, but... A lot of them. That's, all, that's, that's how real life goes with a group of friends like that, is it not? Uh, not in my real life. <laughs> yeah. No. Nah, well, yeah. I don't know. I guess I have had groups that are that that ends up happening, but not a lot of friends like that. That's a, they do. They end up. I guess it's, that's set the standard. Rachel, Rachel, Rachel. Of course, uh, her and Joey had a thing going on for a while. She obviously Ross and Rachel were a thing, but her and Joey. We're flirting for a while, and that was weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Courtney Cox, obviously, and Matthew Perry. That's their brother guys. and sister, right? I mean, the, the Ross and – Ross Co- and Co- – whatever. So they never did. Yeah, they never did. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, Tom Selleck showed up at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it wasn't that much, but it was as expected. What do you have there, Ross? Uh, all right, Ty. Uh, I sent you a piece of audio, uh, so when you get a chance, dial it up here. Who said that? I just asked that turf for the big picture, trying to keep Shadur upright, healthy. The, the big picture, you go get new lineman. That's the picture. I'm gonna paint it perfectly. <laughs> Can I say one thing about Deion Sanders? Um, that I, you know, now that they're losing games and they're not going to win many more, I think they got to stop playing Travis Hunter both ways. He, they're wearing this guy out. Yeah, and he was just in the hospital with a lacerated kidney or whatever. Um, you know, I know you need. I know your quarterback is your kid, and he needs a number one target and a guy that can. You know, help them move. But I, mean, I think you're just wearing this poor kid out. And you, you're seeing it where he's not able to cover now. I mean, he's just he he's out there. All, he got two interceptions last game. I know he's out there 140 snaps, Rod. It's like, golly, yeah. you're just wearing this guy down. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think they should pick game to game um, what position he's going to play, like, predominantly. Like, you're going to play a corner this game. We need you more as a corner or, or a wide receiver. Yeah. And then situationally. All right, hey, we're in the red zone here. Oh, man, they they, yes, they be killing us on this drive. Situationally put them in there, offense or defense. But I'm with you. Playing them both ways the whole time, you're essentially, in my opinion, you may be derailing his pro career just a little bit because you may be wearing down just a little bit. Yeah. And you'd be even more susceptible and open to injury. Don't you think so, as, like, as a DB on defense, you kind of have to be more in the flow of the game, though? It would be like harder to pick the spots, just like, oh, we need, a, we need you for this one drive. Well, I think I, I, I would use him game. as a – I would use him DB the whole game and then use him situationally offensively. That's what I was thinking. Right, yeah, we get yeah. in the red zone and then use him in, in targeted spots. But, you know, he's their best player, and uh, I get it. Hey, let me say play this for you, Rod. Two people here. Who said one and two? You'll probably get this, but uh, you, you like Petty. You like Petty. I like Petty. College football is getting more and more Petty. Here we go. This uh, starts with college game day. The Clemson has been struggling. They're not the, the Clemson we've yeah. loved over the years. 
But NC State, unfortunately, they're waiting for basketball to start. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Uh, tell Steve Smith in the studio, this ain't a basketball school. He can kiss my ass. Oh, nice. Oh, man. Uh, is that the coach from NC State? Yeah. Uh, I forgot his name. He starts with a D. Dave Doran. Dave Doran. Thank you very much. Wow. Yeah, Steve Smith was the guest, celebrity guest picker because they were at Utah. For Utah, Oregon, and of course, Steve Smith went to Utah. So, yeah, you heard what he said. I mean, Clemson's no Man. good, but the NC State's waiting for basketball. Dave Doran said, "Kiss my ass," because they beat. Wow. Yeah, Dabo Swinney's team now scuffling, and there's a there's a big old problem going on at Clemson right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love what you brought up last week. It, it is very reminiscent of uh, Max Slide here uh, at Texas, and he built that program actually, um, trying to replicate what Mac did here at Texas. And it looks like the the end of it that may be happening in a very similar fashion. Yeah. Maybe. Give me that again. Give that Dave Doran wow. again. That's good. That's this day. That, that's petty. I Kiss love it. My. But Clemson has been Get struggling. That. They're not the, the Clemson we've yeah. loved over the years. But NC State, unfortunately, they're waiting for basketball to start. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Uh, tell Steve Smith in the studio, this ain't a basketball school. He can kiss my ass. <laughs> That's from the field at the end of the game. Man, I love it. Honestly, now I'm a fan. Uh, Dave Doran is his name. Yeah. I'm a fan. I am now. I like that. Yeah, sports is getting pettier. It, know what it is? It's social media. Social media is driving the petty. Well, yeah, it it really is. Mean, because coach- all these clips always get out. Yes. And, they, and, and the networks want the clips to get out because they want us talking about it. They want them to go viral. And more importantly, now they want a response. Yeah, because I don't think Dave Doran's sitting around watching college game day. No, he's not. Somebody on his, his staff. You know, probably Alerted got on their feet the, and went, hey, coach, look at this. And even Dion said, he said, hey, man, I was minding my business. I was minding my business. Remember when you had the, uh, the, the Colorado, State, yeah, Colorado State game? He said, I was minding my business. And then one of my coaches came to me and said, coach, you seen this? So I think it's like it, it, it's said. I think this stuff was being said back in the day, too. But now it is being platformed, right, and put on social media and goes viral and it comes across your timeline. And if the media doesn't bring it up with the coach, then the players in the locker room will. If the players don't, then the coaches will. They'll see it, and then ultimately they'll respond. Now, the response, that's a new thing. Usually coaches would take that and they'd roll past it, no big, no big deal. But now the coaches are actually responding to it. They got their own response. They're protecting their program, and you're a fan now. There's recruits out there saying, oh, yeah, I like that guy. That's true. Tell him to kiss my ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's a good point. The recruits like that. They do. Because we talked about that. Remember, uh, Mike Gundy said that after his rant, famously said, man, more more recruits, they like me and know me because of the rant than they even do for my my achievements on the field. I'm a man. I'm 40. That was big. So I think think you're right about that, man. The the young guys, they like uh, a showman. What else do you have for me, Rod? Uh, okay, Ty, I sent you another piece of audio here for who, who said, said that? that? Who said that? How much do you guys like factor in advanced stats from a team like EVOA, EVA? Because like, this is a big conversation in the media space. Just the analysts and be like, how much do you guys use those type of advanced stats in terms of for game planning and things of that nature? When it comes to those stats, the DV, sometimes I don't know what most of that stuff means, <laughs> right? For me, it's. Uh, <laughs> What I look and watch it, we watch it, we used to watch and study the film, right? And schematically, right? What causes this team issues? And we'll try to make sure it ties in. If it's something that ties in what we do schematically, we'll try to implement that to cause our opponent as many problems as possible, right? It's a lot of different numbers out there. You can dial up stats a lot of different ways, right? But when that ball is kicked off on Sunday, like, 
Are you bringing it physically, and are you operating with precision? Offense, defense, special teams, and are 11 guys playing together? That's what truly matters. Is that my man D'Amico? That's D'Amico basically saying, man, I don't give a damn about DVOA and CPOE and EPA. I don't even know what half that stuff means. I watch the film. And when I watch the film, the film tells me what I need to exploit, what I need to expose, and how I need to game plan for this team. That is very refreshing. And I'm a stats guy. You know, I'm an analytics guy. But that is refreshing to go, I just watch the film. And the film don't lie. The eye in the sky don't lie. That's your coach, Eden. Well, disappointing loss, though, coming out of the bye week. The running game wasn't better, which I thought it would be improved. And they yeah. lost another center to injury in that game. And, uh, you know, it's first-year coach. I thought they would beat Carolina, though, in Carolina. Carolina's now only win is against Houston. And uh, Bryce Young, he and uh, Bryce Young yeah. and C.J. Stroud grew up playing and have been buddies since middle school they won out in California, one. and they let it get away. Yeah. The Carolina kicked a field goal at the gun uh, to win that football game yesterday. But, yeah, I like D'Amico Ryans as, as the coach. That's my coach. That's my, my coach, coach, man. He ain't into analytics. Got a coach and quarterback. They need more there. But uh, that was a tough loss to an 0-6 team. But uh, we'll come back. We'll pick up our fabulous fifth hour. Speaking of refreshing, Rod, it's cold out there, man. Not just is it 40 degrees. The wind's howling. So grab a coat, man. Howling. You're headed out. It is blowing out there. Gusty winds, cold. Feels like it's close to freezing at this point uh, with the wind chill. So enjoy it, though. It's first big cold snap that we've had as Rod and I roll on. The fabulous fifth hour coming your way. Uh, we'll re- Ty and I will talk about who won our picks on Friday. Ooh. Also, Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain. And before we get out of here today, before we get to Dim Romans, what's popping on Hug'em Up with Ian Rod B.